0: Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, D.P. Sadu, and today's podcast, we've got tight end Ryan Griffin, who talks about his game on Sunday against the Colts. Tight ends as a group did very, very well, 151 yards receiving. It was a loss, but they did step in uh, and step up for Deshaun Watson when DeAndre Carter went out. So we'll talk to Ryan a little bit about how that went down. And also just the tight end group in general. He gives good insight on some of the new guys, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Aikens. I know at first when the Texans drafted two Jordans, it was a little bit hard to keep track of whom was whom or who was who. I guess it's who was who. And now we know very well which one is which because they're completely different. Jordan Aikens and Jordan Thomas, uh, they're very different personality-wise. They look very different on the field as well. They have different styles and different skill sets, uh, different attributes that they bring to the receiving game, to the tight ends group, and Ryan sort of walks us through that. Also, we've got Randy Lang, who's covered the Jets since 2007 for Jets.com. We talk about the Jets season. Uh, Not as good as the Texans. They're sitting at 4-9, but they've got a lot to be hopeful for with a new quarterback. So we'll talk to him about that in a little while. But first, uh, how about blocking out some of the outside noise? The Texans, they did a good job of that through their nine-game win streak. Then they lost on Sunday against the Colts. But through it all, they've blocked out the noise. And they like to use Bose QuietComfort 35 headphones, too to block out their distractions and focus on what matters most. So you can do the same, concentrate on your music, your work, whatever you're passionate about with the QC35 Wireless Headphones 2. You can learn more at Bose.com slash Texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. And while you're out and about this weekend, running errands, doing your holiday shopping, I don't want to think about it because I have not even started mine, and I'm getting very nervous. But, hey, if you're out and you want some burgers and some frozen custard, check out Freddy's. They've got a food truck also custom designed to bring you steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard, uh, everything you love to your event. If you've got a holiday party or you just can't make it out and you want to get some people together at your house also, Freddie's original double steak burger is a real game changer. All right, let's get into the podcast. Tight end Ryan Griffin. He's been here since 2013, a completely different streak that this team faced back then, 14-game losing streak this year almost the exact opposite not quite 14 games but a nine game win streak and Ryan Griffin sort of seen it all and he's been through a lot in this organization with uh this coaching staff he's been here since the beginning and he's seen a lot of turnover in that tight end room uh let's get right to it Ryan Griffin right here on the deep slant podcast Ryan coming off a big game how are you doing today
1: doing very well great day to be alive
0: it is a great day to be alive despite the loss you you and the tight ends Put up some nice numbers on Sunday. Bill O'Brien said you guys did a great job, 151 yards as a group. Uh, you yourself, you had five catches for 80. How much How much pride did you take in that? You also had your career-long catch. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah,
1: well, uh, yeah, I found out after the game. But, uh, no, nah, I just, you know, obviously it, it was a tough day for the offense. And, uh, you know, the tight ends just tried to get a rhythm going, you know, with Deshaun. And uh, on a day that was pretty hard, you know, the Colts, you know, the, the defense um, – was moving around a lot, making a lot of plays, so uh, we just tried to counter that, make some plays, but we came up short in the end.
0: Yeah, Bill O'Brien said, relative to how we operate offensively, sometimes the tight ends don't get the opportunities because of how we're trying to do things around here. At what point do you sort of realize in the game that, you know, this group is going to have to really stand up in the passing game? Yeah, I think
1: uh, once D. Carter went down, you know, with the concussion scare, you know, somebody was going to have to, you know, step up in that role and, and try to make a play, you know, so... You know, this year obviously has been up and down the tight end position for us. Uh, We're young, you know, in the in the position. So, just tried to uh, you know make a play when you know we needed one.
0: You're the Wiley veteran. You're like in year six. You've got two rookies. How much has this tight end group changed? Not just as far as the people in it, but just in what you've been asked to do. I feel like it changes almost even game to game sometimes. Oh, sure.
1: Yeah, our skill sets are are very different. You know, uh, between JT, you know, Ake. And uh, so uh, we're asked to do, you know, many different things and especially Ake is a very versatile athlete. So uh, they, they ask him to do a lot of things. So whatever, you know, OB asks us to do in the offense, you know, we try to fulfill that role, whatever it is, you know, in the run game, pass game, uh, or even in protection.
0: Let's talk about Aiken's ache, as you call him, for a second. There, he he had some nice catches early on in the game. Sort of got the offense going on that first scoring drive. What have you seen from him this year? It seemed like he had a couple games where he was pretty quiet, but how has he evolved, sort of, in in this rookie year?
1: Yeah, you know, as a tight end, it's really hard to make a splash in this league as a rookie, especially in this offense. Um, You know, it takes a lot of understanding of you know route concepts and in the running game, Mike points, things like that. And, you know, Ake's done a tremendous job, you know, listening to Coach Kelly, listening to me uh, about, you know, how to come into a game and be try to be prepared, you know, to what the defense is going to do and what Deshaun expects out of us, you know, from the tight end spot. Um, but, you know, it's nothing, you know, that we didn't expect from Ake, you know, being a professional. You know, we call him a rookie, but really, you know, he's he's an older guy for a rookie and, You know, he knows what it takes to become, you know, a professional athlete. So he's done a great job and, you know, hopefully he can keep it going.
0: Yeah, played professional baseball for a bit there too. So he's got some experience in professional sports. Absolutely.
1: And there's, you know, when guys come out of college, you know, it's not just the football thing. You know, it's a whole lot of, you know, being mature and understanding, get in here, take care of your body. And I think he's done a great job with that.
0: Well, I guess the yin to the yang would be Jordan Thomas, who everyone calls Big Baby. (laughs) is that is that confirmed yeah he did he He confirmed it okay i I actually was joking with him about it and and the media asked him about where he got the nickname from he said he's been called that since uh, junior college because he was so big yeah and yet so young
1: yeah he does have some similarities to the the big baby i know is glenn big baby davis of course for for the celtics the lsu athlete uh, and honestly quite a lot of you know uh, comparisons can be, you know, <laughs> can be drawn from these two. I mean, both big guys, um, but uh, yeah, the, you know, JT has also done a lot to grow, you know, this year. Uh, but uh, he's g- like he's got to continue.
0: It seemed like his his chemistry with Deshaun developed really early on. Yeah, he was getting a lot of a lot of nice touchdown catches, a lot of sure. looks early on, even in camp. He was he almost seemed like a smaller offensive lineman.
1: Yeah, you well, uh, you know, it's easy to throw him the ball because he's going to catch it. You know, he's uh, he's a talented guy when it turns in comes in terms of, you know, running routes and, and catching the ball. He's got big hands. And so I'm not going to go into a scouting report on, on Jordan Thomas. On Big Thomas, Baby. But, uh, big <laughs> Baby, but uh, he's, uh, you know, he's he's extremely talented. And, uh, you know, he's got a lot in front of him, you know, if he works.
0: What's that group like, the tight ends group? Because it's changed a lot since you've yeah, been here. But it's a lot of fun. You've got two rookies, and they're they're both pretty different in personality. I mean, sure. You've been here through... Not just this coaching staff, but your rookie year was very different from the rookie year that these two are facing right now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I just try to make it as easy as possible for these guys. I know how difficult it is to come in this league, you know, with grown men and and try to perform, you know, week to week. And it's such a long season coming from college. So, uh, I just try to make it real easy on them, help them out as much as I can. And uh, you know, it seems like you know we're having fun, but uh, it, it really comes down to winning, winning some games here at the end of the year
0: do you talk to them especially during that nine game win streak i know it's it's hard to not get excited i mean all of us in the building obviously are excited but as players you try to keep it even keel but for a rookie i would imagine it's even harder because you almost have to explain to them hey it's not always like this right
1: right and uh you know i tell them there's been a lot of close games and that's the nfl you know and we just so happen to pull some of them out just because of you know what, what we've been playing like and, and finishing drives and things like that but uh i think in terms of you know, keeping these guys level-headed, it it starts with OB. You know, OB has a real tight grip on these rookies, and, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to let them, you know, get bigger than, you know, their egos will let them. So uh, I think that starts with OB and the man up top.
0: I was talking to Demarius Thomas last week. He said that when he got here, in order to build chemistry with Deshaun, he would uh, go to his house for dinner and watch film. DeAndre Hopkins has said that uh, the two of them play cards or play card games – now, as a tight end, you have to develop that chemistry with Deshaun, but then you also have to do some things that offensive linemen are expected to do. How do you balance that, and do you guys do anything special to sort of build that chemistry?
1: Uh, sure. You, you know, we, uh, as an offensive line and tight ends you got two groups with, with that you Deshaun, work with. Yeah. yeah, we all go out to dinner. You know, at, we try to get out once a week and, you know, just talk about something other than football. You know, obviously football comes up when we're together, no doubt about it, but uh, it's about building that chemistry you know, between all of us you know it's like 11 players you know playing as one so uh that's really important to us and you know we spend a lot of time with each other so uh, one dinner a week is good enough i think for
0: everybody <laughs> you're like we're good yeah all right you're a bit of a mystery because you're not on social media you're still not on social media no so most of the players we kind of know what they're into what they're up to you yeah. like to keep a low profile but if you were on social media, what do you think most of your posts would be about? <laughs> if except for football. Other than football, what do you think your post would be yeah,
1: about? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't post about football. I'd uh you know, the things that interest me. Like uh NBA basketball. I'm a big basketball okay. fan. Um you know, Celtics are my team, but uh, you know, since I've been in the city, watch a lot of Rockets and uh you know, the the Astros and the Sox as well. I'm a baseball guy, so I don't know, I'd I'd keep it light, but uh, you know, I'd I wouldn't keep it at all obviously you still so, no plans anytime no, soon. no, no one's no. pushing you
0: in that direction no
1: chance i got yeah, nothing to gain <laughs> so everything to lose on that so
0: and i do think probably you get teammates sharing stuff with you if if anything were to come up on social. yeah abso- i mean i
1: i lurk don't get me wrong <laughs> like i have like i'm not on instagram pages but you know i'll be on reddit i'll know what's going on oh, okay, in the that's world true. yeah but uh yeah i'm not trying to you know live my life you know online
0: all right back-to-back games on the road, up on the East Coast, is that exciting for you, being an East Coast guy? Uh
1: it it would have been, but uh, my blood has thinned out, you know, Already? pretty drastically. Yeah, I can understand so, that. uh, I can yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, it doesn't seem too bad in New York, uh, but uh, yeah, playing outside it, it's fun, and uh, you know, playing in the Meadowlands, growing up watching, you know, some you know Jets football. Obviously, I was a Patriot fan growing up, so. You know, big rivals there, and uh, I'm excited to get it going.
0: All right. We're excited to see you out there as well. Ryan Griffin on Texans Radio. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thanks, DP. Good stuff from Griffin. I always ask him about social media every time we get him on a show or get him in studio, and he's not budging. He's not getting on social media anytime soon. I can't say that I blame him because really nothing good can come of it, and he pretty much gets all the information anyway. All right. Well, we got some information on the Jets. Texans match up this Saturday. One interesting thing to note up there at MetLife Stadium, they've got the Jets, they've got the Giants, everybody playing in the same stadium. They both have home games this weekend. So the Jets and the Texans are there Saturday afternoon, 3.30 p.m. Central time kick. And then the Giants are hosting a game on Sunday. So when you watch the game on Saturday, the end zones are actually neutral end zones. They'll just be white lines painted uh, in the end zone. That way that uh, personnel, the field crew, they don't have to paint a brand new field and turn everything over in less than 24 hours, paint, taking the Jets logo off and putting the Giants logo on. So I think that's only happened one time in the history of that stadium, and, and that'll happen again. So neutral end zone, so not quite a neutral field, but something like it. And it'll be rainy unless that changes. But we talk about all that and more with Randy Lang from Jets.com. Randy, how's it going today?
2: I'm doing fine, and, um, you know, it's always good to be working the week after a a victory, on the road especially.
0: Yes, we enjoyed that quite a bit this season. Unfortunately, this is not one of those weeks, and and that brings me actually to my first question. Both the Texans and the Jets snapped streaks this week. Uh, The Texans snapped their nine-week win streak, and the Jets obviously six-game losing skid. Uh, ended against the bills what's the mood right there right now covering the team
2: well i i would say that the mood is very upbeat because the jets to a man believed that they were not the team that they were putting on the field during that six game skid they uh are a young team they're very confident uh for the most part and when they uh got the deal done and made the comeback official against the bills last week they were very happy campers in the uh the new era field locker room, and they continue this week as they get ready for the Texans.
0: I know the record is not really what anybody wants to see right now as far as the Jets are concerned, but how is the mood as far as finding the franchise quarterback in in Sam Darnold? It seems like there's a lot of reasons for optimism moving forward, aren't they?
2: Yeah, there there is definitely. I think uh, Jet fans uh, and certainly the organization embraced uh, Sam Darnold when uh, Mike McCagnan, the GM and former uh, employee of the Texans, I might add, uh, did um, did the work and, and uh, got the Ducks in a row to, to draft Darnold uh, third overall. And uh, he started out the season as the starter, started the first nine games. The first six were very promising at three and three. Then he went on a little skid along with the team three games and then got hurt against the Dolphins. So he did not play from that Miami game um, until – the Buffalo game on Sunday, but, uh, he did some very nice things in the second half, especially showing that he was back from the injury and that also he's, uh, quite precocious for being the youngest starter in the NFL. And, uh, uh, I don't know, since the merger, maybe at 21 years and, uh, less than hundred days, I think. And, uh, so he, uh, he showed that, uh, you know, he could he could shake and bake out there on the field when he threw that touchdown pass to uh, Robbie Anderson to get the Jets within a score, or actually tied it up at 20-20. And then after the Bills kicked the field goal to go ahead, he led uh, his first game-winning drive uh, all the way down to fourth and goal at the one and handed it off to Elijah McGuire, who scored the, the winning touchdown. So all signs are pointing up for Sam Darnold on the Jets.
0: What have you seen from his development over the course of the season? And and during that three-game stretch where he was out, how much do you think mentally uh, he got better?
2: Well, I think um, he definitely benefited from watching Josh McCown. He he has great respect for McCown, who's a 16-year veteran, started 13 games for the Jets last year, did very well, all things considered. Uh, But, um, uh, you know, Josh and uh, Sam have been very close, in uh, the meeting rooms and on the field. So Josh, um, even though he was, uh, even though Sam was starting uh, the first nine games, uh, he he took a little breather and watched Josh operate and said he learned a lot from him there. What Sam has shown since he got here, uh, I think everybody uh, who's talked about him agrees that he is someone who doesn't make a lot of mistakes the second time he gets them cleaned up and figures them out uh, after one time. And then he moves on and, and, and looks uh, better for it. He's he's uh, deceptively mobile. He's not a, a running quarterback like Deshaun uh, Watson, perhaps, or, or some others we've fe- seen, like Josh Allen against the Bills last week. But he is mobile enough in the pocket, and he does like to throw on the run. Sometimes that can get him in trouble, but other times, uh, as I, I mentioned with the Robbie Anderson play, he went to his right, circled back, went to his left, and hit Robbie Anderson with a dart and made it all look very easy. So all of those things coming into play, he seems to be able to throw every ball. And we haven't really seen everything from Sam Darnold yet. But I, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of intelligence there and a lot of moxie. And uh, and, and he's very old for his age. You know, he's, he's like a, a, a rookie who's playing like a fifth-year veteran.
0: Yeah, a lot of excitement around Sam, especially after that week one win that they had, the big win over the Lions at Detroit. And and the Jets, in general, have had some pretty convincing wins this season against Indianapolis and Denver, but then obviously they've had the losses as well. What do you think is the biggest reason for
2: the inconsistency? Well, it's some youth at quarterback. Sam Darnold, I think, still leads the NFL in interceptions thrown. Not by a lot, but I think he's, uh, he's definitely up there. So that was one part of the equation. The other part is that... The Jets went through a very bad injury period where they were losing players either uh, for for a game at a time or or to the injured reserve. And um, so as a result, uh, that was hurting the continuity. The offensive line has been a little up and down. Uh, The running game, uh, they lost Bilal Powell early on, uh, and so they've been going with Isaiah Crowell, who's not a bad back at all, but... He's also been nicked up and has been playing on a bad ankle so you know you got all those things going on and wide receiver situations were up and down they they uh, you know had a few receivers that uh, they brought in early and they'd let go to midseason and Quincy and is was coming back very good but sometimes uh, you know he's prominent in the game plan sometimes Jermaine curse uh, other times it's it's been hard to find a wide receiver getting open so all of those things were playing into the uh, the six game losing streak. The defense was kind of up and down, uh, giving up big plays, although they're playing well on third down and in the red zone, but uh, still getting uh, burned a few times and uh, and paying for it. So uh, all in all, it was just one of those things where nobody really was, you know, to blame game after game, but a lot of players were just having a little trouble uh, getting continuity, and I think the injuries were playing into it. And so they were looking for a way to bust out of this thing, and they did finally find it against the Bills.
0: Yeah, let's focus on that defense for a bit. Bill O'Brien, he had some high praise for the second-year safety, Jamal Adams. He had the strip sack on Sunday on Josh Allen. How does he affect opposing quarterbacks?
2: Well, Jamal is um, has become an an extremely um, potent player in his second year. He was very good as, uh, in his rookie season, but uh, he's developed, and he's he's starting to win converts. I mean, people are saying this guy is – uh, whether they say he's the best on the Jets' defense or he's a pro bowler for sure or whatever. He's starting to get that kind of recognition around the league. He gets it from playing all over the field. He's uh, in the deep middle, but he'll come up into the box a lot. They'll send him on blitzes on occasion. He's had some strip sacks. He's gotten some hand uh, his hand on some balls in the backfield for uh, incomplete passes. He's making tackles behind the line, leads the Jets in TFLs. Uh, he also is a leader in... Uh, an interesting stat that I don't see a lot of people keeping, which is uh, making stops on third and fourth down that uh, opponents don't convert on. And he's got 11 of those leading the team, which is normally a linebacker's uh, role. So he is doing it all for the Jets, and he is getting that recognition. And uh, he's a very big part of what they do on defense.
0: And takeaways, that also seems to be a big area the Jets defense is capitalizing on. Uh, what's been the key to success when it comes to forcing turnovers? He had three against the Bills on Sunday.
2: Yeah, they did, but uh, you know they they went through a, a drought. Uh, it was very strange because they had started to uh, uh, make a name for themselves in turning the ball over for the, through the first, I think it was six games during that three and three start, and then they went five games with no takeaways. They just had nothing. They couldn't get the ball loose to save their lives. And then, uh, for whatever reason, uh, it started again when Tremaine Johnson you know, leaked up and, uh, you know, snared a real short uh, in-cut uh, from Marcus Mariota, took it for a touchdown two weeks ago. Tremaine uh, had two more picks, his first two-pick game for the Jets and his uh, fourth overall for the Jets against the Bills. And, um, you know, they had the three takeaways, so they seem to be back on the beam. But, you know, those those turnovers, they as they like to say, the coaches always say they come in bunches. Uh, the Jets would like to see a bunch more against the Texans.
0: Randy, Andre Roberts, still a big factor in the Jets' return game. Can't believe what he's able to do at this point in his career. What makes him so elusive to bring down on punts and kickoff returns, and and how surprised is everyone up there at, at how well he's doing at this point in his
2: career? I think everyone's pleasantly surprised, although not wildly surprised, because uh, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, you know, he had some familiarity uh, at a previous stop with uh, with uh, Andre in, uh, I believe it was Arizona. So he knew of him, and uh, the, the Jets have been looking for a returner to settle down that position for the last two years. They just kept trying guys, and the turnstile was whirring away there. But Roberts came in, very professional, very solid uh, citizen, and uh, uh, a great veteran. And then he's got this this nice little burst, and he's got some change of direction. And all of a sudden, this guy is like lighting it up in the NFL. Uh, He is first in punt return average among the qualifying punt returners. He is now fourth in kickoff return average, which he improved on with his 51 and 86-yard returns against the Bills that were very helpful in the comeback. And uh, he leads the league easily at this point in total kick return yards. So he's doing it all, and he even helps out on offense occasionally. And uh, he's uh, making a legitimate pitch for a Pro Bowl berth, as well as Jamal and perhaps Jason Myers.
0: All right, Randy, I was going to ask you what storylines you're working on this week. Actually, here in Houston, a lot of people are very interested in the weather report up in New York. supposed to be about 40s, 50s, and raining. Is that a storyline up there in New York? And uh, if not, what are the storylines you're focusing on?
2: Well, I'd say that the weather at this time of year is always something to keep an eye on for a sidebar or a, a pre-game angle. Um, we're hearing the same thing up here that uh, it's going to get a little warmer and it, it may rain during the game. So that's, uh, you know, you take that for what it's worth. It could slow people down. Uh, uh, it could give some other players an opportunity to uh, show that they, they uh, can, can move on uh, a wet track and uh, not let it bother them. But as far as the other storylines, it's Sam Donald making his second start since the injury and uh and his first start since leading his first comeback. So uh, I think a lot of fans want to see if he can continue that and if the Jets' offense is starting to feel better about itself. I think, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, the defense is definitely looking forward to uh, the challenge of the, the Texans' offense. They know of the dangers that uh, Deshaun Watson can present, and, and they, they saw firsthand a few years ago what DeAndre Hopkins can do to them. And uh, they also know about what Lamar Miller could do because Lamar is the only NFL back ever with two ninety seven 97-yard runs or longer in a career. He did it once this year, as you well know, and he did it once at the end of the 2014 season against the against Jets. Against the Jets, that's right, that's right. So, you know, they're very well aware of what, this, uh, what can happen. And uh, they have given up some long-running plays and some, uh, you know, passing plays, although the pass defense has been, you know, pretty um, consistent. But the run defense, I think they want to tighten that up, and that's going to be a big challenge against the Texans.
0: All right, good stuff. Randy Lang is editor, writer, reporter for the Jets, been covering the team since 2007. Randy, thanks so much for the time.
2: Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: All right, looking forward to a back-to-back games up north up in the east coast it could have been a lot colder here for this Jets game it could have been snowy it could have been blizzard conditions but looks like it's going to hold steady in the 50s a little bit cooler than in houston but i think by saturday it's going to be cold in houston as well so not too much change and uh, we'll see how that goes hey and if you're interested i know weather was a big topic in the locker room this week like i mentioned deshaun watson was asked about uh, if he'd ever played in some rainy weather games and and he said, yeah, I've played in a few. So I asked John Harris what the rainiest game Deshaun Watson had ever played in because John Harris knows pretty much every college game ever. And he told me to look up the 2015 Notre Dame-Clemson game, and he said four Texans played in a virtual monsoon. So I've got that story up. I talked to a few players that were in that game, and it had a wild and crazy ending, and, and even the events leading up to the game were pretty crazy. It was It was in the midst of a hurricane, and – uh, the state was under a state of emergency, the state of South Carolina, that is. So it's uh, up on HoustonTexans.com. Take a look if you can. Also, all of our coverage of the game, highlights, of press conferences, videos, and more. And be sure to check out Texans Unlimited presented by Verizon. We are usually down on the field before the game starts about – 30 minutes to an hour before on Facebook Live. You'll get a notification if you are if you like the Houston Texans page. And we'll bring you all the coverage. We'll tell you the latest stories, who's active, who's out, show you some looks from the field of players warming up and, and anybody else that we see down there that's of interest and of note. So be sure to check it out. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Leave a review if you can. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's DeepSign Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.